President Reagan, once he invited me to come to Washington, D.C. to watch the Super Bowl with him. And I got to watch the Super Bowl game with Kissinger, Billy Graham, Colin Powell, the uh, vice president came over, Malcolm Forbes. I watched the Super Bowl with that group. And, 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 and I'm sitting there, right? I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I can't believe this. Uh, how did I get here? You know? <laughs> Life Spring number 117. Happy New Year. Great day. Great show. This is going to be fun. Hey, that was Rosie Greer you heard there at the start. You're going to hear more about him and from him in just a moment. So, Happy New Year to you. I took a little break in production after the Christmas uh, rush, having done something like 30 or so shows from December 1st to Christmas Day, what with the LifeSpring Advent Calendar podcast. But we're back in full swing now. I watched the Rose Parade this morning because my son Stephen's high school marching band made their first appearance in what is a New Year's tradition for my family. I was uh, first at the Rose Bowl. My, my grandparents took me when, oh, probably 1957, 8, 9, somewhere in there. I was a little bitty guy. So the Rose Parade in, in my family is a tradition. Anyway, as soon as the parade was over, I headed here into the studio to get the show out for you. Hey, you know what? I can think of no better way to get your year started than by with a brand new domain name from GoDaddy.com. Go over to GoDaddy.com, and when you check out, put in code number LS3, and you'll get your domain name for just $6.99 a year. Such a deal. I've got, oh, I don't know, 20 or so domain names from GoDaddy, and you can't get a better deal than using the LifeSpring discount code at GoDaddy.com. I recently had the very great pleasure and honor to spend an hour and a half with the Reverend Rosie Greer, and I have been so anxious to share this conversation with you, I just, I'm just really excited to finally get it out to you. On today's show, you're going to hear the first part of the conversation that we had, and then the conclusion will be next week. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with who this great man is, let me just say that you are in for a treat. From 1963 to 1966, Rosie was part of what Dick Butkus called the most dominant line in football history. The line was called the Fearsome Foursome, and they were a part of the L.A. Rams. Yeah, I said the L.A. Rams. The Rams used to be in Los Angeles for those youngsters out there that didn't know that. Hey, you've heard of sacking the quarterback? Well, that term was coined during the reign of the Fearsome Foursome by one of its members, Deacon Jones. He said, you know, you sack a city, you devastate it. Well, that's how it started. Rosie was a formidable presence on the football field at six foot five and over 300 pounds. As a matter of fact, we don't know how much more over 300 he was because for the longest time he was with the New York Giants. Their scale topped out at 300, and every time he stepped onto that baby, it was over 300. So we don't know what he weighed, but it was over 300 pounds. So imagine six foot five, over 300 pounds coming at you if you're the quarterback. Yeah, you're scared. And there were four guys on that fearsome foursome who were huge. They're mountains. So that was the fearsome foursome. We're going to hear more about that as the conversation unfolds, but there is a whole lot more to Rosie Greer than football. According to Wikipedia, he served as a bodyguard for his friend, United States Senator and presidential candidate, Robert Kennedy. He was there the night that Robert Kennedy 
was assassinated. But at the time, he was guarding um, Bobby's wife, Ethel, who was pregnant at the time. So uh, what happened was Greer and Olympic gold medalist um, uh, Rafer Johnson heard the shot that uh, rang out in that hallway at the Ambassador Hotel the night that Bobby Kennedy was killed. As Rafer Johnson rushed forward and grabbed the gun of the assassin, Greer followed. He jumped on the pile and put his hand over Johnson's, who had already gained control of the weapon. So that's how Sirhan Sirhan was captured by Rafer Johnson, Rosie Greer, and um, I don't know how many other people were in the, in the pile. Now, I first met Rosie Greer in 1986 when I was managing some Christian bookstores. His autobiography called The Gentle Giant had just been released along with an album entitled Committed. As part of a promotional tour, the publishers brought Rosie to a couple of the stores that I managed because they were some of the biggest stores in Southern California. Go over to the show notes page at LifespringPodcast.com and and take a look at some pretty cool scans of some uh, album art and some uh, covers of of the books. Yeah, that's all I'll say. It's worth going over there. LifespringPodcast.com. Click on the LifeSpring icon. Rosie came from very humble beginnings. Um, He's been the friend of presidents gang members, the Queen of England, and even a humble little podcaster here in Riverside, California. I have to say that of the many people that I have interviewed for this show, no one has been more gracious and more generous than Rosie Greer. We laughed together, and I cried as he shared part of his story with me in his office in Santa Monica, California. From the moment that the lovely Lady Leanne and I walked in, Rosie Greer made us feel welcome and at ease. He began telling stories even before I started recording, so we're going to pick up the conversation as he was telling us how and why his political affiliations changed. Let's go. We went down to visit with our political people to try and get them to stand behind the president's initiative. Well, of course, all the people that I had campaigned for said that, that, that it was just a Republican ploy. And I said, no, that, that's not a ploy to have people pray. So I, I, I changed from the Democratic Party and became Republican because while I was there, I prayed with uh, Jack Kemp, President Reagan, uh, Jesse Helms, and Syl Jenner from Michigan. So I'm saying that if the people that I campaigned for was against prayer in school, volunteer prayer in school, then why was I in that party? So, so when I, was this? 82. I, I went with Reagan and when Carter campaigned against him. Carter quit on that on the race and Reagan won. And then the next time Reagan ran, I went I went with Reagan because mm-hmm. I had learned even, even President Carter came against the prayer in school, said they don't need it. So I changed party. Well, Ronnie Reagan is a hard guy to compare with. I mean, he was... Uh... He was one of a kind. Well, they all one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He had a real good heart. I used to, um, uh, I, I, I said it a lot of time. I, I go places and I get to sit with him when Margaret Thatcher came over 
Uh, I sit at the table with she and uh, the president and a bunch of other people, of course. And um, I really enjoyed him. And then once he invited me to come to Washington, D.C. to watch the Super Bowl with him. Oh. And I got to watch the Super Bowl game with uh, uh, Kissinger, <laughs> uh, Billy Graham, uh, Colin Powell. Uh, the president, uh, vice president came over. Uh, the guy from the court, Malcolm Forbes. Forbes. Uh -huh. Uh, I, I watched Supo with that group, and, 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 oh, and I'm sitting there, right? I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, I can't believe this. Uh -huh. How did I get here? You know? Oh, well, wonderful. And, and I was the first to arrive, and I brought, I brought a Bible for Mrs. Reagan, mm. and I presented her with a Bible. Just the three of us was in the room, President and Miss Reagan and I. And another time, he he wanted me to fly with him on Air Force One, so I got the. Oh, wow. th there's a picture of us getting off the uh, airplane up there. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll take a picture of that. he was very, he was very genuine to me. Mm -hmm. He, he included me and stuff. Uh, he talked to me. He called me on the telephone once. And, wow. And, and we, it was just, <laughs> it just, yeah. uh, uh, I got to spend time with him. In fact, Mrs. When Mrs. Reagan, uh, I think it's her mother died in um, uh, Arizona, I think. Um, and I called her up to, to leave word that I was very sorry that her mom had passed. And so um, she wasn't out. Left the message, and, I, and so the lady wanted me to leave a, a number for me. I said, Nah. So I left them on them. So when I got back, Mrs. Reagan had called and wanted me to come to the funeral. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I went to the funeral. And um, so after the funeral, everyone came to to a play, uh, someone's house. I, I think it was like the the, the people who had the churn gum. Uh, Wrigley. Wrigley, yeah, somebody like that. And um, they were standing at the door and greeting people, right? Wow. So I went over to them. I said, why are you standing here greeting these people? And you're the one that's going through this, the, 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 this, the hurt. Right. So I told him to sit down. Uh -huh. And so Mrs. Reagan said, she all said, Daddy, sit down. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Wow. And, and then I, I kneeled down beside her and, and, and prayed for her. Uh, somewhere I have that picture, but I don't, I don't know where it is. It's not up here. Okay. That I was kneeling down praying with her. I don't think mm -hmm. I have. But, I mean, I really loved them. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, uh, they always seemed like such warm, genuine they were. people. They, mm -hmm. they really were nice, warm people. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. They were strong, though. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They knew you know, when to stand up yeah. and... Hold their ground. Yes. So that's well, I good. think that's why the country fell so in love with them, though, also, is because they had principles and they had morals and they knew what they stood for and they stood for it, yet they were kind and loving to those who were. They there. use the word peace with strength. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had that. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And so I, I really, I really appreciated uh, the office of the presidency. And, and I've kind of like been very supportive of the office. Mm -hmm. Whoever was in office, mm -hmm. I got to be friends with Clinton. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, with, with Bush, mm-hmm. so both Bushes I, or uh, both. Well, I haven't. I met with Mrs. Uh, Laura Bush. Okay. But I didn't meet with uh, uh, George Bush, whatever, President mm-hmm. Bush. Okay. No. All right. I didn't get to meet with him. All right. What about his father? Father, I knew his father very well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with his dad. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I have. There's a picture behind you. Oh, yeah, up that, there. Yeah. A lot of my listeners are younger, like 20s and 30s, uh-huh. and so they may not know too much about Rosie Greer. So can we talk a little bit about your early career sure? so that they kind of get an idea of who this guy is that I have the honor of sitting next to and talking to? You went to school where? I went college or high school. I went to Abraham Clark High School, but I went from there. I went to Penn State University. Mm -hmm. And and it was amazing. I find myself sitting in Penn State University, and my eyes look around. I'm saying, man. How in the world did I get away from the cotton-picking peanut shaker <laughs> and go to school in New Jersey and go to Penn State on a track scholarship? And I'm saying, wow, man, none of my brothers and sisters had graduated from high school. Uh, I was the first one to get out of high school. Wow. And there I was in college at Penn State University, a very well-known school. Yes. You know? And now I said, now all I got to do is figure out how to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I struggled, but I graduated. Um, so what was your event in track? No, uh, I would shot put discus and javelin thrower. Okay, all right. But then I, you know, I, I played football. And I always modeled myself after little guys. I always wanted to move as a big guy. I want to move like the little guy. So my my movement was speed. Uh-huh. I mean, my whole thing was I'm faster than people, and then I have all these other moves, and I have the weight to back it up. See? Uh-huh. So my whole uh, uh, defensive style or offensive style was to be aggressive and utilizing my speed. And so it was kind of fun to, to do that. Yeah, and you couldn't believe that such a big guy could move that quick. Yeah, and, and, and I was always faster off the ball. See, most guys, I watch it in the pros, they look at the guy across from him, and I never paid any attention to the guy across from me. All I did, my eye was on the ball. Okay. When the ball moved, then I was off, you know? And th- that's why these guys never could understand why I beat them off the line all the time, <laughs> was because I watched the ball, and they watched the man. They only moved when the man moved. And so, anyway, it was, it was, it was, um, a great game, and then I learned. I learned so many things about living a life in a country, in the world, that each person has a part to play. And if you don't play your part, then the others miss out on the completion of their puzzle piece because you didn't do your complete part. Mm. And, and, and so I learned that concept of team, that we all are part of a plan. Okay, let's say God's plan. It, it is God's plan. And we all have a part to play in God's plan. There's no little piece. These are all major important pieces. 
And if every person play his part, then the work gets done. But sometimes we are too influenced by others that we start leaning towards what they are saying as opposed to focusing on what he said, capital H said. And if we follow what he said, then we'll be on track. When we deviate from what he said and start following what someone else said that he said, then we missed the trip. So you get out of Penn State. Was traded from the L.A. Rams in a draft choice. I was a third draft choice, traded to the New York Giants. I was a great negotiator and, 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 and being a businessman. Uh, all, the, all the team that wrote me letters asked me would I entertain the thought of playing for them. I told them, no, I'm, I'm only going to play for one team. That's the New York Giants. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to play with the New York Giants because it was close and all my family could see me easily, you know. And so uh, they traded. The Rams picked me but traded me to the uh, New York Giants with um, Andy Robustella and Del Schaffner. So there was a trade and I went to uh, New York. I played seven years with the um, New York Giants, got to play in five world championship games. Wow. And then I was traded to the LA Rams and it was like my family saying they don't want me no more because I love the Giants. We'd been winning and I was loving the guys and, and then all of a sudden they tell me, well, we don't need you no more. We're trading you away. So I went to the L.A. Rams, and the L.A. Rams was nothing like the Giants. The L.A. Rams at that time, they were so divided. The black ball players were against the white ball players, and they was, the white ball players were against white ball players and black ball players. Right, and so the, the country was really going through turmoil even at that time because of the oh, race. Oh, the country has always been in yeah. turmoil. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're right. But, I mean, you had the civil rights things going, and, and, and so there was a lot of... Yeah, um, it, was, it, it was a lot of the stuff was coming to a point where we had to deal with certain issues. They were put up there, so now let's deal with this. But we did something with it, but we didn't change the heart. See, that we were trying to fix it with paper and it had to be heart change and we didn't change the heart some people changed their heart but others covered it and 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 went subtle and uh, underground with the the feeling they talked about it when they were in certain groups you know both sides and so we thought that the issues were dealt with i was very disappointed one time pastor fred price Mm -hmm. he did a, a study on race religion and racism and of course, he dealt into the whys of all these things. Well, of course, I thought that every minister in the country would get into it then and we'll wipe it out, mm. right? Man, they wouldn't touch it. Oh, a lot of ministers didn't touch it and, and, and came against him for dealing with it. What did he say that was so controversial? Well, what he was saying was controversial. He talked about why people were like they were. I mean, he gave you the history of, of racism and, uh, and of what all those things that he was saying, and he faced it. He, he went through the Bible and found some Bibles that was contradicting uh, the true essence of God. Mm. Uh, they, some, of the, some of the Bibles had written that, and some of the, uh, the ministers saying that it was God's purpose to have the races divided. And they said that you weren't supposed to mix the races. And he was saying that 
That God never said that. Uh -huh. The man said that. Yeah. But if you really want to look, listen to it, it's a race, religion, and racism. Okay. That's a study that Fred Price did. Uh, I mean, it opened my eyes up in a lot of areas. Okay. And I know that when the schools start to integrate, I used to have black families and white families get together because I knew when they start busing, they'd understand that a family, white family loving their children, the same as the black family loving their children. Right. There was no different. They always wanted their children to be safe mm -hmm. and learn how to get along with each other. BCS. Who do you like for the BCS championship this year? Ohio State. Ohio State. Why? Because I think they have the best team. Uh, I watched uh, the the quarterback that they have. They have a good overall team. They have good good personnel, and I, I, the quarterback is so incredible. Very accurate in his passing. He runs well. They execute everything so well, and so I I think that the game between uh, Ohio State and Michigan was one great game that I really enjoyed because both quarterbacks were excellent. Um, but I don't think that they, Michigan and Ohio State should have played in the uh, BCS Bowl because just to have the same two teams play again would be anticlimactic even if Michigan won. But I think they need to put a new person in, which they did Florida, uh, to play in the in the BCS Bowl. Michigan now going to play in USC. So uh, it's it's good for the for, for the game and for the fans. Super Bowl. Who do you like for the Super Bowl? I haven't really focused on the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the Bears probably going to be there, and Baltimore. I all could be there. Uh, uh, the Colts could be there. These are strong team, the San Diego Chargers. Uh, I think the, the, the Super Bowl is going to come out of those four teams. You know, the biggest problem uh, for me, be, with knowing God personally, is, you know, I have a real strong will. <laughs> Some people call it an addiction. Either way, I, you know, I want to do my thing. And, I, you know, knowing Christ as long as I have, I still insist on doing my thing most of the time. And then I wonder why things aren't really good. Most of the time I'm praying to God for relief rather than for His will, you know. And that's why a lot of times your prayers aren't answered because I'm asking for relief from stuff that I did, that I caused. And um, that's, you know, just against nature. It's, asking, it's like asking God to float above the, above the earth, you know, three or four feet. Well, He's probably not going to answer that, okay? Although I felt like I was for a while. Okay, so, <clears throat> all I'm saying is that, you know, I think I'm like most of you, and I'm really, really self-centered and really selfish. And, um, and man, I, you know, knowing that, you still don't get out of it very easy. And so I've, I've had to find a 12-step program, which is still, you know, a slow road. Until you get out of yourself, you'll always be miserable. You know why? Because you're always going to fall over at some point. Because you're not God. There is a God, and you're not Him. Think about it for a second. That was my friend Brian Duncan. He was at my church a couple of years ago. So what did you think of the first part of the conversation with Rosie Greer? 
What do you think about his BCS and Super Bowl picks? Well, by the time some of you hear this, the contest will already be decided. Of course, if you're listening on Sirius, the way to get the freshest LifeSpring is to get the show at lifespring.podshow.com. That way you'll always get the most up-to-date show available. Next week, Rosie tells us about his fear of death, how he married the same woman twice, and a lot more. You're not going to want to miss LifeSpring number 118. Hey, check out the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com or lifespring.podshow.com. You can email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or Skype me at lifespring underscore podcast. The listener comment line should be on your cell phone's memory by now, but if it's not, put it in there at 206-350-CALL. Anytime you have a question or a comment, that is the coolest way to get in contact with me because then I can uh, put some of your comments on the air. I really hope you had a great Christmas season. I hope you got time to really enjoy the people you love. We were busy, but we made time to get together with family and friends, and my oldest boy, Matthew, even stayed over on Christmas Eve, and that was really a treat. I want to thank you so much for being a part of the LifeSpring family, because it really feels good to talk to you again here on the show, and know that, you know, we're kind of back together as a family here, after taking a week off. Hey, if you have a few extra minutes, it'd be really great if you'd go over to dig.com and dig the show. Then, of course, there's always the iTunes comments, the podcast alley votes, and the podcast pickle favorites if you're into those kinds of rewards for your favorite podcasts. I haven't mentioned those in quite a while, so if you find the time, that'd be really, really cool. Most importantly, just tell your friends about LifeSpring. That's the very best way to help share the message of hope, love, and good news. You know, that's what it's all about because Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him, Jesus said, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus asks you this, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life this very day. My name is Steve Webb, and until next time, may God bless you, and thanks for tuning in. See you next time. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast.